Hey y'all, this is Culture Soup, where tech, culture, and business collide. It's a podcast that spoons up everything hot from social media. I'm your host, L. Michelle Smith, and each episode, we bring you some of the most notable and not yet notable thought leaders in tech, business, and culture. It's February 7th, 2019. Happy Black History Year. We don't celebrate Black History Month on the Culture Soup because every day is Black History. But I did want to bring on someone who might get us thinking a little bit about the importance of race in America and the conversations that are important for us to have to get along as people. Risha Grant is an international speaker and author. I happen to know her because in the early 2000s when I was running my public relations agency, she was doing the exact same thing in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We partnered on business together from time to time. But Risha and I became friends. Over time, Risha decided to take her skills in diversity and inclusion and parlay them into consulting for corporations and other organizations looking to improve in the area. Well, recently, she caused quite a stir, which is not so unusual on Facebook. I won't tell you the entire story now. In fact, I'm going to let Risha tell you. So much cyber dust was kicked up over the question that she raised that day about race. Isn't it something how race gets us going? Ladies and gentlemen, a special extended show with Risha Grant. Risha and I have gone back like 20 something odd years. We don't even remember when we met. Yes. But we did some business together when I had my agency and she ran a PR agency. It was a marketing agency, right? It's full service. Yeah, it was. But it was mostly it was always focused on diversity and trying to connect companies to diverse customers. Right, right, right. And, you know, in Oklahoma, I was the only one of my kind uh, for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Oklahoma. Yeah. Not too not too much worse than Texas. So I mean, really <laughs> true, but you guys have had at the time, especially so much more diversity. True. You know, I mean, we In have a lot cities. of Americans, but yeah. Native Americans don't seem to get the same, yeah. the, the same coverage it's as, different. as Hispanic or African American or yeah, what have you. It's so. different. So anyway, yeah. what are you doing these days? You're, you're traveling the globe, and traveling the globe and, and starting having a stuff. Life. Yes, I guess. <laughs> I, I guess I'm starting stuff, and I, frankly, I can't wait to get into the conversation yeah. because I, I think people have lost their minds. Yes, it's very interesting. Um, and you know, we, I think this is what we have in common, just right here in this this space and time, uh-huh. is what I do in my nine to five is communications, but it uh, is also around diversity and inclusion and culture and all that good stuff. And so when I saw that you had raised a question on your Facebook page, I, I zoomed in just to see what it's about. So let's go in and have our culture soup moment before we give it away. All right. Okay. I was looking on the internet the other day and I'm looking for topics for the show. And lo and behold, uh, Risha has started something on Facebook. You want to talk about what that was? I, yes. So... I'm on Facebook and and literally it was because I'm sitting in an office with my uh, with the marketing team and I'm I'm doing some videos mm-hmm. and we're focusing on microaggressions and and it's for online training and at, you know, being black for 45 years now <laughs> I feel like I know the things that other races do mm-hmm. that uh, that are toward offense that black people take offense to. Mm-hmm. The microaggressions from 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 touching our hair mm-hmm. to we speak well and all these things. And I said, you know, so I'm in the office and I there's some there's some white people in there. And I said, hey, what what do black people or other races do mm-hmm. that you guys find irritating, annoying, frustrating, frustrating? And they were like, 
I don't know, you know, and I and I, I said, who can I call? Because I wanted to make sure right. that I covered all my bases. I felt like I knew, but that's the problem. We right. think we know how everybody feels. Right. So I said, let me let me just throw it out there. And I said, I'll, I'll ask my white friends on Facebook. Yeah. I I I, I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so by the time I saw it, you know, everybody knows I'm not on Facebook anymore. It was on LinkedIn. So oh, <laughs> it is spilled over into LinkedIn and folks were going off. They were going off. They were giving, oh my gosh. And I know you cannot react to people like that, but I, w- I, I, w- uh, they, I was being called out of my name. Yeah. People was calling my mom out of her name. Right. It's, it's almost as if like, what gives you the right to even raise that question? Yes. Did you feel that way? I did, and and I was and I was a little upset with myself that I was allowing it to bother me. Mm-hmm. But literally, I've spent my entire career trying to give black people, trying to make sure black people had a voice, mm-hmm. and everything that I've done. So to to all of a sudden have mainly black people mm-hmm. coming at me the way they were, and I'm I'm saying, hey. You can disrespect. You can uh, disagree with me, right. Without disrespecting right. me, right? Well, and here's the other thing too. I don't believe there was anything to disagree with you with because you just raised the question, correct? Just raised the question. Now that the was- answers that came down the pipe might not have been things that people really wanted to hear. Is that right? right? Okay. Right. But the thing was, we can, we need to be aware. And even if you said, because there were, you now there were a lot of level-headed people that supported as well that said, because when Black Enterprise um, asked me if they could print that, I thought they were going to do an actual article. Mm-hmm. And they did content. a Q&A. Yeah, they just. <laughs> They're like, let me just cut and paste. <laughs> yeah, 16, things, 16 annoying things Black people do to irritate white people. Yeah. So I, 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 in, in all honesty, when I when I first saw it, I, I thought, I don't like this. Yeah. There's no content. I even contacted them and said, hey, I, you know, we, yeah. could, we could put a paragraph around this. <laughs> right, just to set it up, tee it up. Just set it up, yeah. And and when I did go back to and say, this is what, this is what it was about. Mm-hmm. Most level-headed people say, okay, I understand it's research, but you had a lot of people, and, and I was disheartened uh, by it as well, because they were going into the white people that commented. They were taking screenshots to, I'm going to get them oh. fired from their jobs. Um, they were... Uh, oh, okay. That's a whole other culture soup. Oh, yeah. It went, it, it went really, it went in really deep. And, and honestly, and I, I was saying, okay, my, my degree is in journalism, so mm-hmm. I always approach things from I want to get both sides of this so that I can uh, put together the best whatever it is I'm doing in a non-biased way because <laughs> if Risha Grant the, the the person I know mm-hmm. you know personally was reading this you'd probably be appalled with some of the things that we're saying too oh I was appalled with it I mean right, in, <laughs> right. I was Oh, but what they didn't see also is I'm not, I didn't, I wasn't answering the questions. Like, I mean, I, I think people would have felt better if I was going in on people mm-hmm. that was saying, um, saying the stupid <clears throat> stuff. Right. But I was only trying to get answers. Well, and so, here's the other thing too, right? <laughs> when you challenge people after saying, open up, I want to hear from mm-hmm. you. And if the minute they write something, you have a retort, you really haven't opened up to a real, you know, environment that says we're here to listen doesn't mean that you have to agree doesn't mean that it's right it doesn't mean any of that let the people air it right exactly exactly and you you need to understand how other people feel Mm -hmm. we all live together we work together we're in each other's company and i'm not saying you need to adjust your behavior i'm saying be aware now if you decide to adjust your behavior maybe things can run more smoothly Mm -hmm. than what they are and the other part of it to me is there is there is a conversation to be had within the black community or or people of color about are we really helping to move this dialogue forward Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because there is there are there there were just as many people who weren't being disrespectful but were going in really hard about the fact that i even asked you know, why mm-hmm. would you why would you ask this? Why um, you can't balance the scales because it's already so it's already so unbalanced in favor of white people. Right. That you'll never balance this. So all mm-hmm. you did was give them a platform mm-hmm. and to tell us how they feel. But 
if you're if I, I go into these companies weekly and I'm I'm talking to them about unconscious bias and 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 some of these companies I don't think they're checking a box. I think they're really saying I we want to create change. We want to do this differently. But how many people how many people of color are are stifling the ability to do that? Now, I just want to stop right here and let you know that this conversation gets even more crucial. It's not for the faint of heart, so you might want to tune out if you're not ready to talk about race. Listening is a real thing. Right, exactly. (laughs) It's a real thing, and it doesn't require conversation. Like, no, you can be silent and let somebody say what they have to say. And you just, you can take it in. You don't have to do anything with it. You don't have to agree. I mean, I I had a a guy that responded and I thought it was the stupidest response on there. I've known him for quite a while. He's actually uh, in charge of a large organization. Isn't that funny how that happens (laughs) on social media? Yeah. The minute there's this hot button something you see a side of somebody that you thought you knew yeah i I mean (laughs) and i just sat there because he said this and he said this is gonna sound crazy but black people don't use crosswalks and i'm thinking well am i not black (laughs) (laughs) wait this is this is breaking news news. (laughs) (laughs) what was he talking about he said it <laughs> to him, <laughs> when sorry. he's on the street with other black people and there's a crosswalk, black people will not use crosswalks. We just cross wherever we oh, want. Oh, okay. Well, so was this gentleman white? Yes. Okay. <laughs> but still, I, I mean, it's crazy. But I mean, okay, context and everything. Did we say that? <laughs> just really stupid. I'm like, what? I was. I said, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. You know, black people don't use crosswalks. And so a lot of white people kind of jumped up and said, okay, that's crazy. I don't use crosswalks either. <laughs> that- oh, wait. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's so crazy. <laughs> right. <sighs> and, and honestly, the comments, and I ended up doing, I do a monthly column uh, here in our Tulsa newspaper. I had no intentions of writing about that, but it, it was so crass, so many comments that I, I went ahead and did an article on it and Really, for me, the summation was there are so many things that we that we attribute to race that have nothing to do with race. Mm-hmm. You know, someone mentioned poor grammar and with black people. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's an education issue. Yeah. Not a race issue. Right. Because I know some country white folks. Right. Well, <laughs> and here's the other thing, too. There is bad grammar and then there are colloquialisms. There's exactly. jargon. There's exactly. slang. And if you're going to classify that as bad grammar, that's kind of apples and oranges. There are some very intelligent black people who will speak the way they want to speak. And it's almost poetic. Exactly. They may not think it's poetic, but it's not bad grammar. That's a little different. It is. And she took some heat for that. Mm-hmm. She really did. Because even in my column, I talked about African, African-American vernacular. But my my thing was, um, I, and I explained that when black people were even brought to America in the system that says, we're not going to teach you how to read or write so that you don't uh, learn anything or know anything, we developed our own, own language. There are so many ways to look at that and deal with that. But these are things that some some of these things we know, some of these things we don't know. Right. But the 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 thing for me was balanced information. <laughs> totally. Well, and you know, how do we get to a place of understanding if we don't first listen? We don't. And it may be that we listen and we find out, oh, this is where this person is. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that they're right. It just means this is where they are. Exactly. Here are their limitations. Oh, gee whiz, I've got some limitations too. Here's one that really annoys people. Uh Um, We've been having conversations around getting out of echo chambers, right? So what that means is you surround yourself and in social media, it's it's really, really, you experience a lot. Mm -hmm. You get around people who are like-minded, right? Right. And all you hear is what you believe back at you. Exactly. So that you don't hear what other people who don't believe like you do 
have to say. So you're in this echo chamber and you're just not open to hearing. And we're just talking about hearing. We're just talking about hearing. Hearing. Right. Just hearing. That's all. Yeah. Didn't say agree. Just hearing, right? Right. And um, the other thing was binary thinking, right? Mm -hmm. So the binary thinking really is our chief diversity officer at AT&T talks about this all the time. Mm -hmm. That's where it's, it's black and white and we're not talking about color. Mm -hmm. But it's black and white. There's no gray area. In other okay. words... OG whiz, and I use this one all the time. You know, OG, Michelle is a Christian, so she must be anti-LGBTQ, right? Yes. yes. Furthest from the truth, right? Okay. <laughs> but because some people see those as two opposing, then... Right. Right. Okay. Right. So here's one that challenges people. Uh -huh. All right. If you voted for Trump, you are racist. You're racist. You're racist. And that's where I'm that. like, okay... And yeah, that's one that I have difficulty with. And if yes. you're able to admit that, you can start to think through it. Now, you know, I've, I've changed mine to where it's like, okay, if you're still with the man, then maybe you <laughs> possibly are, right? <laughs> but just because you voted for them, right? there's some wiggle room there. Exactly. But you know what? When I say that to other black people, they look at me like, oh my goodness, that corporation has just gobbled her soul. Yes. <laughs> you know? <Yes. laughs> We lost one. We lost, we lost one. <laughs> woman down. <laughs> Black woman down. <laughs> so every once in a while, I'm going to break in just like this, because this conversation about race is real. Tune out if you want to, but I challenge you to keep listening. The key is listening. Yes, but mm -hmm. that, but I hear that in almost every speech I go to, and I, I ask them, um, it, it's always written down. I've, if I if I support Trump, I'm racist. Yeah. And then when I start challenging people and and saying, well, you know, because you vote, because one of my best friends voted for Trump. Now I get, mm -hmm. I give him hell. <laughs> yeah. Well. I get. I mean. <laughs> and, and I, I mean, and I tell, and I, then I'll say, okay, I don't want to talk about it. I don't talk about it because we're not. We're going to end up in, a, in an argument. But the reality is, I know he's not racist. Mm -hmm. He's a black man. Mm -hmm. um, we have some of the best conversations. Um, I know he's not, but I, but sometimes I'm like, I question, question your But Risha, I know you sit up there and go like, where they do that at? Like, uh -oh, like <laughs> how did this I happen? Give, I give it to him. I give it to him. <laughs> I, I, every chance I get. Is he but, the guy in the back of the Trump rallies with the sign Blacks for Trump? Is he the guy? No, nah, he's not that I guy. I was wondering who that guy is. He's not that guy. <laughs> if, if he was doing that, I think I'd have to end it all. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to respect people's choices to, to do so, to mm -hmm. support who they want. And there is a fair amount of our, uh, I won't even, I'm not even talking about the black community, the human community. Mm hmm who will not allow you to have the, the space to be who you are. Yeah. And I'm going to push my beliefs on you until you and beat you in the head until you agree with me. Right. And it's crazy. I, most of my, my girlfriends that I've had for the past 30 years, I don't, we don't agree on a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, and you'll, you'll <laughs> learn that because we're all different people, different it's, experiences, no matter what our skin color looks like. That's why I like to concentrate on culture because culture seems to, um, you know, seep over into other segments and spaces where you don't suspect it. And it, it binds us in a way that facilitates, you know, conversation, a little bit more understanding. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. I and I've never I've never had that many of my own what I, what I would say, my own people turn on me like that. We'll get you, Risha. You didn't oh, know that. Lord. <laughs> we will get you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Not we will drag you. <laughs> yeah. 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 He hugely reposted it. That he got it from Joe Claire. Oh I no. Said, oh. So I hurry up. Now the only thing DL said was, oh Lord, somebody made us a list. <laughs> so I hurry up and let him know what was going on. That's funny. <laughs> Give it to I DL. Said, oh, but you know, and, and it's crazy because Insta I'm not as involved on Instagram, um, and I probably had about 300 followers. I got almost 1,000 in 24 hours. <gasps> and, you know, Instagram is like the tame. That's like 
where people keep it tame. There's no back and forth, really. Yeah, they gave me a little bit. They gave me what I wanted wow. a little bit. But, but when I when I did put context around it, most people mm-hmm. said, I had more people that agreed with me and said, oh, I get it. You know, yeah. I understand. And some people just said no. But I went to Facebook. She's trash. Her mama trash. Wow. She's okay. Cool. So let's give all the Culture Soup listeners some background on why you even broached this topic. What is it that you do? I am an international speaker consultant and i wrote a book called that's bs okay how bias the naps disrupts inclusive cultures and the power to attract diverse markets uh bs is a play on the curse word mm-hmm. um but i you know I, last year i spoke in ireland a couple of times i went to ecuador uh, i probably did 35 gigs and what i've learned over the course and then i spent 20 years just in diversity and right. and communications and all that and People don't feel like they can express their feelings as as, as to how they feel. And what do you and think? Do you agree that people just want to be heard? Yes. At the end they of the day, just want to understand. I've had white men who are in leadership positions say to me, "I don't interact with black people very much at work." I said, mm-hmm. "How is that when you are the person in charge?" Right. And then you're supposed to be driving these initiatives. Well. One time I, I was describing a black woman and I used the word uh, black instead of African-American. She lit me up. Um, I didn't know what to do. So I just tried to not have conversations. I don't want I so to. So he withdrew. Yeah. I don't want to do the wrong thing. I don't want to lose my job. I'd rather not say anything. Oh, wow. Okay. So let's talk about black versus African-American because that's very interesting. And I guess maybe regionally i thought we i thought we were past this but but no (laughs) yeah wow and the fact that he she really got offended by it and i told him that that's her problem like did she miss the 60s i mean (laughs) and he he was he said i don't know what to do i said well typically when i don't know how to address someone i just ask them how would you like to be addressed Mm -hmm. i said that definitely because i had a, a issue understanding transgender people Mm-hmm. And and mainly didn't want to uh, I, I didn't want to be offensive in using the wrong pronoun. Right, right. So right. I had to start asking, how would you like to be addressed? Because right. I don't know how you're transitioning. And so I w- I told him I said if that if that is an issue I would just ask. Right. And I, and I said now my if, personally I feel African American is more formal is used more in in work mm-hmm. uh, work cultures <laughs> academia. I said black to me is used more informally. I personally prefer black, but I'm not going to go off if you Well, you know what, Risha? Let's peel back this onion some, okay? Okay. Let's go to the fact that this man got so freaked out Mm -hmm. that this woman expressed herself and probably very pointedly to him Mm -hmm. and he completely disengaged. Okay, so how do you go from zero to 60 in 1.2 seconds? He was scared. Why is he scared of a... Okay, so if a white person told him something that they didn't like, he said, would he totally disengage with a white person? You see where I'm going? Not at all, but we give people like us grace. Well, yeah, and we also assume a lot of the, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Stereotypes. Mm -hmm. Angry black woman. Gee, if I say the wrong thing around her, she's going to get emotional. Exactly. And gee, I can't talk to her anymore when, you know, we're we're expressive people. That's just who we are. (laughs) Right. And and that's, you know, it's funny that you said it because I I shared that with him and I asked him the same question. I said, if she were white, would you have reacted that way? And he thought about it for a second. He said, I don't think so. Yeah. I said, right. Bless him. There, there's the work that you have to do. Right. But she has some work to do as well. Yeah, so she does. Thought, that was <laughs> like, well, like, sister, can we sit Miami. down? Yeah, but this, and this was several years ago. I was in Miami uh, just a few days ago. The mm-hmm. same scenario, a white guy came up and, and told me the same thing. And I said, well, first of all, what is going on with African-American and black? <laughs> Number one. Well, and it, was you. it a woman? It was a woman again. Okay, and it was in a corporate environment? It was a corporate environment. So I talk about this McKinsey study and Lean In, Women in the Workplace, Mm -hmm. where they talk about the idea of double opposites. Mm -hmm. That's what black women are. So when you go into a corporate environment, you expect to see, whether you're of any color, Mm -hmm. people expect to see white men 
and white men in leadership positions. Mm -hmm. So when they see a black woman, it's almost subconscious that we don't expect her to be running something. It's very true. And if she's sitting at the table, oh gee, well, maybe she's a junior at support. Maybe she's admin. Maybe she's, exactly. you know, something. And then she speaks up with authority. Right. And everybody goes, oh, what in the world yes. is going on? You know? Exactly. And people disengage and I can't talk to her. And man, she's just so aggressive. Yes. When... Yes. You know, I've, I've got a mentor that turns all shades of red when he is in a room. He will pound his fist on a table and everybody goes, you know what? That's that's that guy. You know, he's just that's the way he is. And exactly. they go back into his meetings, which are kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> but let us raise an eyebrow and everybody, the world stops like, <gasps> what is yeah. she doing? What is she yeah. doing? She went off, and it's right. It's ridiculous. It, 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 I, it, I almost wonder if she really did light him up. Well, I know, now I will say I, I know black women can cut you to the quick. We can, we, we can, can. we can. But you know, I I didn't have the opportunity to really go into that with him. But I I did say to him, you have to ask. You just have to ask yourself: Are you giving her the same? Uh, are you using the same thought process that you're using for a white woman? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because there's no way you will stop talking to white yeah. women. Yeah. Um, I it, And I don't, you know, I don't know. I have no idea. I would have loved to talk to her, mm-hmm. you know, but one of the things I found interesting in my training too, is the number of black women that I will talk to that I, and, and, and this one, I, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm trying to figure out a little bit of the whole sisterhood. Like they don't want the other black woman coming up to them saying, Hey girl, what's going on? <laughs> like, it doesn't bother me in, in the corporate environment. Is that what you're saying? In the corporate environment. Yeah. Right? In mm-hmm. corporate environment. Yeah. And so, oh yeah, that's a, oh, that's a whole other corporate uh, it, culture suit. It is. Yes. <laughs> we're trying to be, we're trying to, we don't want to, yeah, we're not trying to be too black <laughs> all up in corporate America. I, I know. We're fine people, I, fine cars, fine clothes. <laughs> And we, we can't be scaring off white people. Yeah, that's what this is, right? So I'm back to check your pulse rate. You doing all right? Because we're going to take it up a little higher. Keep listening. But it is, you know, and I, I'm sitting there talking to black women and I said, you know, I just, I get it. Because to your point, we, we don't want that. But some black women are looking for that camaraderie. They're looking to uh, yeah. to engage with yeah. with with you and and create that 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 sisterhood. That Look, and like we're we, all we've got in a lot of situations. Exactly. We've got to pull each other up. So by all means, let's have the camaraderie. It sounds like maybe they don't want it to be construed as too ethnic. Exactly. <laughs> that's so funny. Exactly. Oh, that's so funny. Which. You know, I'm I'm an outgoing personality, and you know, I'm I'm pretty authentic at work, and right. I don't mind going, "Hey, girl, what's going on?" You know, and it's, it's okay. But I think what a lot of our sisters need to understand is when they nail that performance, mm-hmm. like you're gonna kill it every time. People exactly. know it. You can walk into a, a room and say, "Hey, girl, what's and, up?" And be yourself. And nobody's gonna worry about it. Very so, true. To all the sisters out there that are worried about somebody going to think I'm black. <laughs> First of all, you are. They, Second of all, go in there and kill your responsibilities. Do a great job. Then do you. Yeah, because they could care less. They don't they, care. They could care less if you are meeting goals and you're killing it. They. Mm-hmm. You can say whatever you want, damn there. Yes. Talking to everybody about diversity, inclusion, and equity. I am very interested to know because you're going into different countries, mm-hmm. totally different cultural contexts. You know, yeah. in the United States, we've got the whole background of slavery. Mm-hmm. We've got things going on with the borders, all of this going on. So we have our little pocket in, of craziness, right? But when you right. go to another country, it's a whole different political, socioeconomic thing going on. So I'm oh, very yeah. interested in Ireland. Because to me, they, you know, they got hair like us, (laughs) you know, the whole nine. But tell me what you're finding in a place like Ireland where they're, are they grappling with it? So 
Are there demographic shifts happening or? More than anything, they're still grappling with religion. Mm. And where they are with religion sounds like civil rights movements in the 60s for black black and white people. Wow. Protestants and Catholics mm-hmm. um, still. I, it, and I, so I did what's called a black taxi tour. A political, and it was a political mural tour, and we went to the Protestant uh, side, and there on the sides of their homes and their buildings, they had they they pay homage to basically people that had killed off all these Catholics. Wow! Huge pitch, I mean, huge painting of of these people that have murdered all these people. So, it, you know, just to give us some context, it's like monuments of the the lions that ate up the Christians. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yes. And then you go on the Catholic side and the sides of their buildings have pictures of all the people that have been killed. They've oh. been murdered. There are element two elementary schools right across the street from each other. The babies are taught colors, blue or blue or green. And they know if they're blue or green, they can't mix with the other color. Ooh, the schools deep. don't get out of school at the same time. Mm-hmm. You got one, you go down one street, you have this bank and store, you go on the other street, same bank and store. And because they don't, they don't intermingle at all. Right. They're part Catholic. You know, I just, I, I was so taken aback as by how far off they are from. You know, you, you marry outside your religion, you lose everything. Wow. Um, it, it was really, it was interesting. And, and a couple of them said, because um, they're not dealing with race. It's not just not a lot. A lot. Of, I was in Northern Ireland and Belfast, mm-hmm. so was not a lot of race there. Uh, but gender is also. A, a big deal there. Mm-hmm. How um, about LGBTQ issues? How are they striking Ireland? You know, we we didn't even get into LGBTQ because we were so focused on religion. Oh yeah, it sounds like it's a huge thing. And but then, I wonder yeah. because religion is such a thing. You know, where is the community? How are they interacting? How are people interacting with them? Yeah, I, and I, I had the guy laugh because we were in the, we were in a place where he said you won't see the cops too much around here. You know, these killings are happening. He has the windows down and he's kicked back. I said, hey, I need you to drive and talk. I said, and if something happens, I need you to call the Church of God in Christ down in Tennessee. Okay. <laughs> tell them tell Robert Knox's grandbaby. <laughs> just, we, we just sat wow. there and laughed. I, thought, I don't know what side of the street I'm on. I'm not going to go It was so... It was so interesting. And then both times I went, after I've gone through customs, I've, I get my luggage, stopped both times by Interpol for uh, to see if I have beef jerky in my luggage. Okay. But this is what wait, goes wait, 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 stop. Beef jerky? Okay, what's the significance? Why? Apparently it's hard to come by in, in Ireland and people smuggle it in. They but smuggle. I, I'm saying... But they're not stopping anybody but me and the person with me, and we're black. Oh, so, well, y'all are really outside the norm. <laughs> I don't want to say it's race. <laughs> I don't want to play the card. You know those black people in beef jerky. <laughs> but that second time, the first time, we, we laughed about it, and mm-hmm. we just like, okay. Second time, I had throw the, we had to throw the card down. <laughs> what? what? Why do you keep stopping us yes. asking us about beef jerky? And what was, oh God, that's random. Yeah, and the guy, I mean, he really got upset because we were questioning him mm-hmm. and he wanted to see my emails, where I was speaking, what company, the, the addresses, the, I mean, everything. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he said, just answer my questions. What are you, and then he wanted to know what I was speaking about. So I say diversity. Nope. He says, oh, I take, we take diversity training every year. I'm thinking, not you, the kind you, I got. <laughs> <laughs> you have not paid attention at all. So... It was, it was really, uh, that, that was really, so I started asking people, you know, that live there. I said, Hey, what's up with the beef jerky? None of them. They said, we have no idea. I said, so it's fair for me to assume I'm being stopped because I'm black, but do they not know beef jerky is not our food of choice? We're not known for beef jerky. There's a whole lot of other stereotypical stuff. Exactly. I missed the boat. You, I wanted to write them and say, I think you may be referring to chicken. But it, it the second time we actually because the person that was with me she bought a you know one of those uh, oh what are you, snack boxes mm-hmm. on the on the flight and it had beef jerky in it so when they asked if we had beef jerky the second time I'm getting ready to say yes she says no before I can oh, say no. 
I thought, oh Lord, <laughs> we're gonna get locked up this. over a little bit of feature. I said, my mama gonna be wearing my my picture on the front of her t-shirt. Throw this to put it free, Risha. <laughs> free, Risha. It was crazy. And you know, Ecuador was different. I, it was, it was, the level of poverty was, was, uh. So is it classism and, and, and colorism? Yes. yes. Classism, colorism. I, you know, I was asking the, the company that hired me was a media company and I was asking them where, uh, you know, kind of the, the background of the country. I did some research, but she said, you know, it's 7% white and they really run our economy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I said, well, where are the people that look like me? Where my skin color? Mm -hmm. And she said, well, they don't exist. And I said, what do you mean that they don't exist? Come on now. And Let's... she said, well, what she meant is they're, they, they have no value. Right. And I said, now, when you say they don't exist, <laughs> I said, do you mean literally you have no, no mm -hmm. uh, black people, African-American people here? She said, no, 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 we have, we have people that are black, but... They either, if they work in corporations, they're, you know, they're janitors, they, they are not acknowledged. They're indigenous. So, you know, we took a trip out, uh, out to the beach and you would see these houses literally sitting on stilts just on the mm -hmm. side of a mountain. And that was where we were. And I, I honestly, I felt myself, I, I felt myself get down. Mm -hmm. And I remember texting uh, some family back home and just saying, why are we not valued anywhere? And it was kind of it was kind of hurtful for me. Uh, yeah, I just well, and even when you go to I, India, yeah, you will find that there is a, a caste system mm -hmm. around skin color, not just wealth. Like yeah. the darker you are, the more you know people don't value you. Exactly. It's, and and we talked about this a bit on the episode with Jared Hill. Go back and listen to that. I think it's okay. episode four, something like that. Wherever there was colonization you see this, yeah. this colorism, you know? Mm -hmm. And then too, like in Asia, there's colorism there too. You know, the fairer the skin, the more you're, it's just amazing. It is. And, and, it, and it's as ridiculous as it is, as it is amazing. You know, I, um, I, I really felt in, in Ecuador, um, I, I was ready to go. I was ready to get home. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the first question when I finished speaking, um, was how do you do the work you do when you guys elected a bigot for a president? Whoa. <laughs> you know what? Find the lie. <laughs> yeah. It's a good it question. Like, it's a really good question. It was. And I told her, I said, well, first, when you say you guys. <laughs> yeah, who was that? <laughs> <laughs> we did not. You know, I, yeah. so I, I broke down the demographics of <laughs> of who voted for Trump and what that looked like and just express that it's more important than ever now for us to have these conversations. We have mm -hmm. to move forward. I mean, you look at our economy and, and if none of that matters to you, our kids are not, they're not getting it. They're not doing okay. How are you doing? You good? I figured you are. We take it up a little bit higher. Hold on. But listen. Yeah. You know, I have a lot of parents that tell me, oh, the kids are so much better than us. We have mm. a summer party like the United Nations. No, I'm going to New York t tomorrow. No, I leave Thursday um, to speak at, in a, a school system because a uh, a white white kid went on Snapchat and called a black girl uh, the N-word and then said we should lynch her. Here wow. And here, uh, I went to, had to go to a middle school in December for the same exact thing. And then a teacher tried to help the situation because she says, every day I hear the kids using it in the hall like, like it's nothing. So no. she tries to. And I think what they're missing is there's a generation of kids coming up where parents assumed, oh, yes, yeah, like the United Nations, they don't care. And they don't talk to them about it. Either that or they're yeah. carrying on in their ways the way they always have. And mm -hmm. the kids pick up on it, and it's like, whoa, okay, where'd that come from? Exactly. It's coming from somewhere, and typically exactly. it comes from the house. It whether comes. it is neglect or it's actually just it's in the house. Well, Michelle, you know what's what's different is when we when I was growing up in the 80s as a kid, 
you know, if we use that word, it was like a curse word. Mm -hmm. We weren't going to use it around grandma. We weren't, (laughs) you know, uh, parents. It was, and and we knew what was tied to it. What I've noticed about our young black kids is they don't know. They they don't know what's tied to it. They don't Mm. know the history. They're giving passes to um, two white people. So some of the kids told me, I split the split the, the white kids and the black kids and, and asked them, when a black person says it, I feel this. When a white person says it, I feel this. And the word actually means this. Right. Most of the black kids said it means best friend, trusted oh. friend. Oh. Oh, okay. I, well, I know I, that inflection, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I knew that that was not what it meant. Right. And, and our kids, I mean, and so they're, you know, I said, well, if it means that, why do you get mad when white people say it? Mm-hmm. And they said, well, because my parents said they can't say it. I said, but if it means trusted friend and best friend, you know, yeah. and so the teacher ended up getting uh, suspended and reassigned. So when I came in the room and used the word mm-hmm. with the black kids, they didn't flinch. <laughs> so I said, wait a minute now. Y'all had an outrage. Y'all went home, told your parents. Yeah. And, you know, I said, where's the outrage? And they right. said, well, man, I said, oh, no, we're keeping it 100. Right. Where is it? Out-? They said, well, she was an old white woman. I said, well, I'm an old black woman to 12 years. Yeah, right. <laughs> they and said, you actually know what it means. Yeah. They said, but <laughs> you can say it. Mm. But you can say it. They said, if we give the, if we give a white person a pass, they can say it. I said, now, I'm going to tell y'all, the problem with that pass is not redeemable at all locations. Yeah. Wow, you know, that's a whole other culture soup show. Just break it down the N-word. That's and what all I, the layers. Because I remember I'm when... I'm writing part of it as we, as we speak. Okay. Because, um, it is... It isn't. So in December, I go out to hear a band and and a guy that I've known <clears throat> for a few years, we're, we're talking and this white guy walks up and he says, "You got, do you guys know each other? And I said, no. I stand up to shake his hand. He said, what's up? Oh. I, oh. I will tell you... All, all diversity training went out the like, window. Like, do, do, do. <laughs> yeah, because I was really, I was really taken aback. And so when I, when I, I said, because the music was loud, I wanted to make sure I heard him. So <laughs> leaned in. I said, I can't even tell you what I said. There I, is no music loud enough. But what did you say? <laughs> uh-huh. And he was, he said, Oh, I guess I can't joke around here. I, <gasps> oh, I funny. I went in. I bet you did, and you should. I, I went in and I found him through some mutual friends a couple of days later and went and met for with coffee mm-hmm. when I had coffee with him because I wanted to I, I guess I wanted to understand what why he thought that was okay mm-hmm. you know and he, he gave me some excuses about taking some of his wife's medicine and that's a whole different issue oh my but <laughs> yeah but he, he basically said um I, I have because I said I said oh okay say all that. that's true that word rolled off your tongue way too easy. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I have some black friends that let me use it. I said, well, I'm not your friend. Mm-hmm. And that past, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, we had a whole conversation about it. And, and and the guy cried probably 10 times. But, you know, and I think he genuinely, now I think he was genuinely scared he might lose his job because of the well, people. Well, sure. Were, and he and a lot of the friends that we had in common were, did social justice work. Mm-hmm. So I think he's worried about our reputation. Mm-hmm. He's worried about the company he works for and all these things. And I didn't even go that route with him. It was more about trying to understand why you thought we were cool. We were going to be that cool. I said, honestly, if a black person had walked up and said it that I didn't know, I would have said, we ain't that cool. Like, <laughs> Right. You don't know me like that. Right. Well, and you raised a really good point about how some of us were, like the context of the word when I was growing up. It was like a curse word. So we expected the comedians because they cuss, right? So they use that word or the rappers because they cuss and that's what they use. And it's, it's kind of an artsy fartsy type of thing, but for it to come out of your mouth was like, wait a minute now, you know, a teacher would sit you down. Your mama would give you where you out, you know, all of that good stuff. But even that is different from block to block. Mm-hmm. Right. Very much so. So, so if you met somebody who's my age who grew up in the same time frame, they're probably like, I use it all the time. What you talking about? Yeah. Right. Exactly. My dad uses that word every day. Oh, and you know what? It's generational. So yeah. I had a great aunt that every time she see just a black guy running, it didn't matter what he was doing. <laughs> and she would say that N word right there is running. It. And I'm like, hey, sister, like what? <laughs> what? But it was generational. Like. So wrong. Yeah. And in her in her context, it was 
a negative thing. Like the good people were good black people. They were good. Um, and maybe she would even say, uh, not colored people, but there was another term Mm -hmm. anyway, but you can, if you were a good black person, you were not an N word. Yeah. And if you were a bad one, then you were an N word. And that was a great way to describe you. It's totally generational. Oh, it's crazy. I'm I'm writing an article now and I'm just like, there's so, there's so much to it to unpack. Cause when I listen, when I, my dad, now he uses it in both terms, his friends, mm-hmm. that's how they, they, that's how they greet like each other. Like my dog, my N word. Yeah. Yeah. But then, but then if somebody is out of line, they're, they're that too. Mm-hmm. You that, know, I that N word right there. Yeah. 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 So it's, you know, and, and because he used it so much, my mom never used it. My grandparents didn't use it. It was one of those things where I thought it was okay, but I knew I knew I, knew, I could say it in front of my dad if I wanted to, but I knew what was tied to that word. Right. And and that's what I ended up showing the kids I, I, images and and you know of what this what it came from the origin and, and how and they realized said I'm not naive you're not going to stop using it mm-hmm. but let's but know what you're saying right and understand what this is from and so it well it takes me back. You remember when the NAACP had a whole funeral for the N-word? Yes. They laid yes. it to rest. They had a whole, I mean, it was a really great, like, media opportunity. It was genius. Yeah. And then yeah. not too long after that, Chris Rock said, it's Easter. I am resurrecting it. <laughs> <laughs> and we laughed, which is a crazy thing. This is like, this is like Spike Lee, like, in Bamboozle, where the imagery was so stark and so crazy that you were doing this uncomfortable laugh. But here we are laughing at the fact that Chris Rock like resurrected this pejorative term and we're like, yeah. And it makes you really wonder because it has so many layers. It has. And it's so hard to unpack. I remember when Oprah tried to, Oprah tried to tackle it Mm -hmm. and she had Jay-Z on and Jay-Z was like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) Oprah tried to go back and talk about the history. He's like, nah, you know, so Mm -hmm. It, it really is, you know, I don't think it's a word that's going to go away, but I think people have to, if you're going to use it and you're not a person of color, be prepared for what comes with it. So, Risha, what tips do you give people? Like, name three things that anyone can do to open themselves up a little bit more to a conversation and a constructive dialogue around equality and diversity? First, they can be intentional. Mm-hmm. They can really be intentional in and in, uh, in building authentic relationships and getting to know people differently because once you get to know people a little bit, you can ask them questions. Mm-hmm. They, they understand your heart. They kind of understand where you're coming from. It's hard to walk up to a stranger and just say something crazy or ask, ask them something crazy about race mm-hmm. or whatever that uh, that diversity is if you don't if you have not built some type of relationship so I say if you want to be inclusive you want to open up be intentional about trying to make that happen um, I often tell people that they need to uh, they need to challenge microaggressions mm-hmm. you know they need to they need to figure out how to how to challenge them respectfully and I take heat for that as well because Hey, you disrespect me. I'm disrespecting you. Mm-hmm. But are, you know, so is your goal to win or is your goal to be right? Right. I think the thing is, people want to. They oh, I told that person off. You're not gonna talk to me like this. You're not gonna do that. But you haven't moved the needle at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. You might have. You might be right, but you didn't win. Right. Last thing I would say is to be authentic. Mm-hmm. Be who you are, because that opens you up. It opens uh, opens you up for people to see who you who you really are, mm-hmm. and that you that you're open to having conversation. Mm-hmm. I think people of color, as much as we talk about wanting this, we have to be open to it. So the number one of the questions I get mostly from people of color is we're tired of doing a heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. So why do we always have to do it? Why do we, because we want the change. They really don't care. Yeah. I don't want to, I, I hate to generalize, but yeah, but you know what? That's if, the hard and God honest care, truth. Yeah. If they care, we wouldn't be having a conversation mm-hmm. to begin with. So it's, it doesn't, it is, it's not for whatever reason, the, the money aspect of what's in the, the buying power for, uh, for people of color mm-hmm. and diversity mm-hmm. has not moved these companies enough right. to want to go after those dollars. And if they do, they, they buy our hair care uh, products and our, uh, our companies up and then 
you look up and you're running a black hair care product and ain't a black person on the on the board or in 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 leadership or or any of that. So if if they cared about that, we wouldn't have the conversation. So we've got to do the heavy lifting for a minute. Yeah. If you don't want to do it, then you have to be okay with status quo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I get I take the heat from that. Like, why do we have to continue to do the heavy lifting? And I, I hate it as well. Some days I'm not it's in the mood exhausting. to. To, his, to school like, It is so exhausting to be black some days. <laughs> it, is. it is. And I tell people, if, if that's not a good time for you, say, hey, I don't mind talking to you, but I'm not I'm not in the mood right now. Right, right. Do it under under your terms so that you feel okay with mm-hmm. it. But don't, um don't because if you're in a bad mood and you're in the <laughs> Right. Dude, that's not going to work. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, you have coming up any books anything that we need to know about to look out for i, I do um so this whole debacle i'm turning into an ebook all right with, uh, <laughs> i'm down for some ebooks girl with yeah with how uh really it, it's really about microaggressions but i don't even I, I don't like to use the word microaggressions because i think you have to be in the corporate you world have to know to, what that means right yeah to really mm-hmm. understand what that means so that's why i said annoy mm-hmm. what do we do to annoy and irritate each other so i'm gonna uh pick apart the responses that I received and I just asked uh, last week people of all races to chime in and I mean when I tell you uh, people are going in oh yeah I appreciate your time and you let me know when that ebook comes out so we can share it with everybody everyone I have Risha Grant today and do you have a website I do. It's RishaGrant.com, and that's R-I-S-H-A-G-R-A-N-T. Awesome. And where do we find you on Instagram? And we, we promise not Instagram. to light you up. <laughs> yeah, please don't light me up. I need some support out there, y'all. Um, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter. I, I'm not that good on Twitter. Okay. Um, Facebook, but and also you can find my book on Amazon or my my website. Awesome. Risha, thank you so much for your time. It was a great conversation. Thanks for having me, Michelle. It was awesome. great to talk to you. It's been so long. I know it's been a while. <laughs> well, we made it. And we made it together. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. It was a little uncomfortable in spots. You agree? But that's how we get to understanding. First, we must listen. Follow me and The Culture Soup at The Culture Soup on Instagram and Twitter or go to theculturesoup.com for more on this amazing show. Next episode, make sure you tune in. We'll have the amazing best-selling author, life coach and strategist, Valerie Burton. Until next time, see you online. The Culture Soup Podcast is a production of No Silos Communications.